This is Kim Balorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. On Friday, I sat down with my advanced communication class to talk about the reasons that college students are feeling so stressed and overwhelmed. We have seen an increase in anxiety levels, depression levels, trouble concentrating, difficulty coping with stress in a healthy way, and suicidal ideation that is at levels we've never seen before. And to say that it is frightening and alarming is an understatement. So I wanted to know from their perspective, like what's going on here? Um, You might be aware that there's been a string of suicides at universities across the country, and it's starting to get some some press, right? Um, Universities are closing for a day, for a mental health day. Well, that's great. I think it's wonderful that we're paying attention, but a day isn't going to do it, and it needs to be supported by a tremendous influx in resources, in addition to just traditional counseling. Um, I can tell you that the university where I teach, access to the counseling department is phenomenal. But at others, um, really great universities that care a lot about their students, they're understaffed and students are waiting 30 days or more to get into the counseling center. I will say that as a parent paying for college, as opposed to in my role as a professor that teaches college, um, it shocks the hell out of me that we were not better prepared for what was coming this fall. Because we knew, we knew the data has been there and mental health crises have been on the rise for the last decade. Um, It's just exponential since COVID. So in order to address this problem, we have to go to the root. What is going on with our students? What is going on with our young people? And for me, there's no better way than sitting down with them and just asking. So today I want to share with you a little bit about my conversation with my students and also some really clear suggestions that came out of that conversation as far as how we can support them better. And if you are a student, how you can Take some agency over your own situation as you move through this space that is uncertain and at times really overwhelming. So the first thing that that was really interesting to hear from them is that when we were shut down, um, you know, a lot of us were feeling like all we wanted to do was get back into a space where we could be together. But as we stayed isolated, which for them was essentially two to three semesters on average, the habits changed a lot. And so instead of interacting regularly and having just the normal social interactions that they would have had, you know, with their peers, instead of having the workload that comes with having to be present in class and get yourself up and motivated to be physically there, everybody became a little relaxed and or a lot relaxed. And I used to talk about, um, you know, I couldn't believe students would zoom in from their beds. And I was like, you know, you got to sit the fuck up like you're a college student. What are you doing? But the truth is that in talking to them, there is this overwhelming feeling of isolation and sort of hopelessness that settled in as they learned how to deal with that new reality of doing school remotely or of being home or being isolated. And so, With that came a much more relaxed approach to everything. And I totally get this because I did the same thing when I think about it. It's like, okay, well, if I'm not going to get to go out and be part of the world, at least I don't have to get fully dressed. I can just put on a shirt and stay in my sweatpants. 
And if I don't have to go out to the world and be present and I don't get to engage with people, well, at least I can do things on my own terms in my own time and sort of on my own rhythm. So it's incredibly abrupt to have the world reopen, quote unquote, without a transition from, you know, this isolation to now we're back at school, we're back in class, we're back to full extracurriculars. And by the way, most of the students I teach also work full-time or pretty close to it. So this idea of, oh, they're anxious about getting COVID, that's actually not really what they're anxious about. What they're anxious about is having to go from this space where they got really comfortable and coping Um, Not that they ever liked it, not that it was ever healthy for them, but suddenly they're thrown back into a world where everyone's acting like it's normal and it's not normal. We're still in a pandemic. We're still in class with masks. We're still trying to navigate, you know, the hot political division of this country. And, you know, are people vaccinated? Are they not vaccinated? How long will we have to wear masks? And at the same time, they're being held to a full workload in school, a full workload at work back to their activities without any kind of transition that has taken into account the emotional toll that all of this has taken. Add to that the fact that these are young people who are trying to figure out what the rest of their life is going to look like. And whether it's they're graduating soon and they're trying to find a job right now in the midst of this chaos, or they're simply trying to find direction for what they hope to do in the future. The instability in our world, in our country, makes it very difficult for anyone to feel confident about a direction at this moment. And generationally, their parents, right, are still in the space of the path looks like this. This is how you get to where you want to go. You walk down this path, you do these things, and voila, you have the life that you want. But it doesn't work like that anymore. It actually wasn't working like that pre-COVID, but it's really not working like that post-COVID. The world has changed. And unfortunately, for 18 to 24-year-olds, most of the people who are guiding them have not embraced the fact with a full understanding that the world's completely different for them. And part of that is because we don't get it ourselves. So when we have to guide people and we have to explain to them, well, this is what you need to do to make everything okay, we're going to default back to what worked for us. We're going to go back to what we know. And while it might still work, it also might not. We have to be open to other possibilities. I know a lot of parents think that they're supposed to have the answers to be able to guide their kids, but the truth is that right now, very few of us have all the answers. And I don't think we've ever had all the answers, but I think in the past, we could, with a little bit more certainty, offer guidance that we knew was solid. At this moment, we're struggling to figure out what is going on. And although that feels terrible to admit, it feels worse for the kids to be told that there's only one way to do things that they know intuitively probably isn't going to work right now with the way the world is functioning. And to feel like if they can't achieve that, they are somehow failing themselves and you. Now, one of the last things that makes it really tough for this generation is that while they are starting to get more comfortable talking about mental health, oftentimes their parents and older generations are not. So we still have a strong contingent in this country that is of the suck it up mentality, right? 
just suck it up. Just put a, you know, put a happy smile on, have a positive attitude and just work harder. Unfortunately, this exacerbates anxiety. This exacerbates depression. This makes mental health issues worse. And it's not helpful to someone who is struggling. So they don't feel heard. They don't feel like they have a resource in that person and they feel judged. And this is part of what is at the root of the problem to begin with. We have these incredibly high inflexible expectations for our students, for our young people that a lot of times are not realistic in any way, shape or form, but they won't figure that out for a really long time um, <laughs> unless they have me in class or they take unmuted with me. And so they're they're literally killing themselves trying to meet these expectations that are not capable of being met. And then we have these rules that they're supposed to follow based on how we view the world. And this is what's supposed to happen. And this is what you're supposed to do. And a lot of times they try really hard to follow all those rules step by step by step, and they still don't get where they want to go. And they think it's them. The truth is that many of the expectations that we place upon our ourselves and also upon our young people are completely impossible to achieve. Perfection is impossible to achieve, for example. So holding these expectations is always going to make them feel like they're not good enough. Rules such as there's one path and you better freaking follow it or you're going to fail is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is not true. There are multiple paths to everywhere. My life is living proof of that as are so many others. There is not just one path to anywhere. And if we're willing to embrace that and tell the truth about that, sure, it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's the truth and it's a reality. There is not just one way. Your way is not always best. It might've worked for you, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else. So in order to support our young people, we need to rethink how we're advising them, what we're expecting of them, and we need to be a lot more creative in giving them skills and tools to navigate the world as it exists right now. It's great that it used to be however it was, whatever, maybe it wasn't so great to begin with, I don't know, but we have an opportunity right now. And it would be such a shame to blow it. These statistics are terrible and what is happening is frightening, but it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth, not just for them, not just for the students, but also for every generation that is alive right now to recalibrate what expectations should look like and how we want to exist as we are navigating this journey together. So Based on my conversation with my students, there are a few things that I am, am going to offer as suggestions for not only the students, but also for the people who are guiding them to, to try to implement. And I'm doing the same for myself, by the way. The first thing is to create some space to just be. When you have a full-time job that is school and a full-time job that is a job, and then you're trying to live life, good luck finding a moment to figure out anything. You don't have time. You're sleeping or you're doing. And the truth is that there are things on your plate right now that you can remove. You've said yes to things that you don't really want to say yes to. You've agreed to do stuff you don't need to do. And you're, again, doing things because you feel obligated or because you're trying to meet expectations or 
you know, do something for someone that has absolutely no value for your soul's journey. And you need to get those things off your plate to create space to be. Start with 15 minutes a day of doing something that is just for you, not connected to any kind of goal that has absolutely no purpose, that is silly and whimsical and fun, or is just spaced out, but it is your time to just be. The second thing I want to recommend is that we start creating some dialogue around possibility. There is so much possible right now. You know, part of the good shift that is occurring is that avenues are opening up for work, for careers, for professions, for ways to impact each other that weren't there before. You know, we used to think we had to always be in person. We could only do things in a certain way. And what we've seen is that we're actually capable of doing things in much more flexible ways. So we need to start having conversations and thinking about what that flexibility can look like, what that creativity can look like, right? How the path can exist in multiple dimensions and how you can walk down it multiple ways. It's not helpful to impart this idea that you have to do things one way and one way only, or your life isn't going to turn out the way that you expected. As we've all seen, there's so much that can shift and does shift. So why not teach that there's always possibility and there's always a way to shift and redirect? We need to start talking about that openly and and having conversations about what that looks like. We also need to be flexible in our expectations. And this is true of both those of us who teach, those of us who work, those of us who um, have a dialogue with ourselves. right? We are humans and we're existing in a time that is challenging. And so we need to be honest and flexible about what we're capable of in any given moment. And it is not a failure to say, I need a minute. I cannot, I cannot do this thing this way right now. It's okay to say, you know, I'm going to take a break. We have to be good to ourselves and we have to make it okay to be good to ourselves. The last thing, and this is what I am most focused on right now, and this is what I do with my program Unmuted, is teaching agency. You know, when you feel like you don't have any control over your life or your choices or your future is being dictated by everyone else's expectations and rules, it is a really shitty place to be. It does feel hopeless. And this is contributing a lot to the mental health challenges that we are seeing in our young people. You know, we're telling them you need to do all of these things. And by the way, it's pretty much impossible to achieve those things. And you're living in a world where nobody really knows how to tell you how to do them in the first place. So being able to reframe expectations in a way that works for each human based on their skills, their gifts, their talents is huge. Teaching students how to have agency, how to have control over themselves and their journey and their choices and understanding that they have options at every moment helps them navigate the stress of any anything that's in front of them. And this will serve them now as they're in school, as they enter the workforce, as they navigate the world. They need to know, not that they will be okay when everything is back to normal, because that's a future promise of something that may or may not happen. They need to know they're okay right now and that they're in control of that okay. So hopefully in talking about this today, I've given you a little insight into where 
this generation is, and also ways that we can better support them. But I'm hoping too that my students are hearing me and you're hearing that there is more than one way to get everywhere. You know, I say that all the time, but it's, it's the truest thing that I know. I wish you all a wonderful week. I would encourage you to reach out if you have questions or want to have a conversation. You can reach me at kim at boldlystated.com. And if you are a college student and you're interested in learning how to take more control over your own life, to gain some agency, to reduce your stress and anxiety as you navigate the world right now, I am accepting applications for Unmuted, and it is a pretty phenomenal experience. You can find more at www.thisisunmuted.org. This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.